You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the 290th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with author Stacy Tucker, author of Sky of Water, book three of the Equal Night Trilogy. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Stacy Tucker, author of the new novel Sky of Water the third book in the Equal Night trilogy. Tucker is written for Women's World, Working Mother, and Pop Sugar, and she speaks to teen groups about self-empowerment and awareness in today's social media culture. Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Well, first, can you read a few pages from your new novel, Sky of Water? I would love to, yes. Thank you. In the first age, in the dark cave of creation, the light of knowledge was infused with the blood of compassion in the womb of earth. The heart light was born. Its power was coveted by those that knew its strength, but soon fractured, the stone could not come to light. So began a world controlled by fear, where the devil was blamed for all sin. A fractured stone meant a fractured humanity, and the dark ones were pleased. The sands of time have waited for the moment to arrive when the extraordinary magic of the human heart will have another chance to shine again. If the stone can be healed by the pure of heart, its power will be remembered in all souls that walk the earth. Vivian Declare's apartment sat perched precariously over the lapping waves of the Mediterranean. An ancient gnarled pine clung tenaciously to the exposed face. It hadn't yet decided to succumb to the sea. Vivian's marble deck now hung completely over the side of the cliff. She had made Barry, Italy, her home after the first age, when more land surfaced after the great flood. Good memories had soaked into the land there. She had only wanted to remember the good. But now... She looked out at the stunted shore beneath her and saw the painful ones returning. Ghostly, black, crab-like creatures crawled out of the sea at a snail's pace. 
Their slow speed made their return that much worse, prolonging the inevitable. They had been waiting, as all painful memories do, in the churning, deep, dark water of the ocean. They were messengers from the primordial deep, and Viviane was now faced with a choice she thought only applied to humans, act or react. She already knew she had waited too long to act. The earth was experiencing remarkably swift changes that no scientist could explain away with global warming. Beatrice, the great mother of air, was to blame for some of them. She hadn't limited her wrath to the U.S. Many of the shores of Europe had been coated in silt. Now a light gray color, the beaches couldn't hide their sadness. The shadow of humanity had been drawn out of the protection of the ocean and washed up like a tidal wave of beached sea life. It was forcing mankind to look at its own darkness. Ocean, great mother of fire, had to take responsibility as well. Fire was volatile, and volatile energy was escaping the Earth's core through volcanic activity. Volcanoes were, surprisingly, more easily dealt with than the quiet migration of the rising tide. The sea was just like Vivienne, great mother of water, reserved and commanding, yet lethal when necessary. Nothing could stop raging water. But all of the Earth's changes couldn't be blamed on the mothers. The greatest mother herself, Gaia, needed to stretch and change. If a house sat where fire or fresh water must flow, so be it. Humans were required to adapt. They could no longer believe the Earth was for conquering. Gaia had allowed people to live on her body, and they had proved horrendous stewards. Natural disasters were the great mother's way of healing, of purging their personal pain. Although selfish in motive, the disasters always helped collective humanity. It seemed people forgot their pettiness and self-absorbed lives when disaster struck and remembered what life was truly about. Beauty always emerges out of destruction, Vivian said. Always. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about your novel Sky of Water and your Equal Night trilogy, can you describe your new, new novel and the trilogy? Absolutely, yes. Um, the Sky of Water is the last one. It is complete. The trilogy itself took me, gosh, about seven years to to finish writing got in, to its completion. And um, I had come across the idea of the three great mothers who created the world, fire, air, and water. And that's actually in an in a ancient mystical text, the Jewish Kabbalah. And I thought that the idea was so intriguing and I had never written fiction before. I wrote a nonfiction work, gosh, 2011, but fiction had never even crossed my mind. And then it was, it was like, it was an inspiration, an inspirational moment of, Oh gee, that would be a great idea for a trilogy. One book on fire, one book on air and one book on water and creating these, these, larger-than-life characters of these great mothers who are all of grandmotherly age, uh, but who have been on the planet since time began. And they, of course, have children and children's children, and they have a whole line. And our protagonist is actually the granddaughter of one of the mothers. And uh, it's it's just a great multi-generational story of of women and um, there's romance in there. It's, it's, it is a fantasy fiction 
series. Uh, I try to incorporate, you know, a lot of mystical elements, magic, but also bring it into today's world. The storyline happens around the, funnily enough, and this is perfect timing, everything is perfect timing, but around the 2020 presidential election in the U.S. And um, a lot of my changes in the world are uh, in the world of these books are um are of natural natural disaster in in nature um not anything like we're experiencing in our world right now but um you know vastly different but also has an eerily similar theme to what is going on right now about about having to adapt to a completely new world and having to muster up the power within to uh, to overcome and to to emerge a better person on the other side of the challenges that we're facing. So it's just, it's been very interesting to see how our world right now is mirroring a lot of what I have written in these three books. <laughs> yes. Um, so what was the shift like for you to go from uh, writing nonfiction and, and writing your first fiction in this trilogy? I was very green in what I, what I did not know. And so it was, it was like the ignorance is bliss attitude of what I, you know, how hard can it be? And, um, and that I went down a road of a lot of self-discovery, a lot of tears, (laughs) a lot of frustration, (laughs) um, just not really giving it its due of how unbelievably hard (laughs) it is. And uh, so I really do take, uh, you know, I just bow to all of the fiction writers out there who can create worlds and and the imagery and the description. That was really my sticking point was in developing the imagery of a place and descriptive wording and all of that. I, I had no I had no background in any of that at all. My dialogue was my wheelhouse and that sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's really how I started a scene would be, okay, these characters are talking and I'm just letting them talk. And then, you know, I'm, I'm realizing, okay, they're talking in this white space. <laughs> I have to decorate it somehow. And, uh, that, that to me was my biggest challenge just, just in learning how to really write authentic description of place and making it something that people could enjoy reading instead of just words on a page. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so did you end up, uh, did you end up outlining, the trilogy extensively or was it a more organic process? What was that like? I've always been a pantser, not mm-hmm. a plotter. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and that had served me well. I had the idea, uh, for the three 
And it, I did not outline. I really didn't. It was more of a, I call it the headlight method, you know, mm-hmm. just seeing the couple feet in front and trusting that I will make it through to the end. And it's really trusting to your ability to connect to your imagination and trusting that you, that you can do it. That And so I, I got the first one done and like a, the first one took me three years. The second one took me a year. And then this third one took me six weeks. So it was just very interesting to see the progression one in my writing Two, I had a feel for where I was going was much easier to to finish. But I also felt like I could have been done in two. And then I so well, it says book of, you know, there's I have to have three books (laughs) in this in this trilogy. (laughs) But I felt like the story one part had really ended, you know, complete in, in after the second book. And I thought, oh, gee. You know, now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um but but there was. And I feel like, you know, if you're open to really tapping into that or of of creativity, you, I could have written a fourth book. You know, it's it, it is there. It's just really it's really mining for for the, the good and, and being willing to to do the grunt work of the not so good that comes across the page to then get, you know, writing the 2000 words to get 500 good words, right? You know, it's, it's a balance of both. And so have you thought about what's next for you? Are you planning to write more fiction? I have thought about writing middle grade. These books are geared toward women. They're adult books. Um, you know, there's romance in here and I couldn't get the sex out of it. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I don't, you know, I don't recommend them for, for, Teens, of course. Right. And so I wanted my, I have a son, he's in middle grade, and I would love to set my sights on middle grade fiction with, with strong, you know, strong characters who are flawed. One of the greatest compliments I got from my first book was that the protagonist is, is, is done well in a, of a character who is strong, but flawed. And I thought, you know, hopefully that's all of us, right? And we find our worth despite the things we've done in the past that are, you know, would be seen as less than perfect. And so um, I wanted to, I'm looking next towards, towards finding that sweet spot, but, but just for a younger, a younger reader base. That's great. So what advice would you have for aspiring writers who may be listening and are writing their own stories or novels? My one most important thing, the thing that got me through was really my connection to my creative voice. And I, you know, we, we call it divinity or the, my spirit within my human spirit, my, just my creative voice has, that is really what got me through. And also having, I don't want to say a mission in your books, but having a purpose for that story to be in the world, because I felt like these, these books, this, this trilogy, I wanted it to be, this was my dedication to the power of women and the power of the human spirit and overcoming anything. And so for someone writing a book, just to know, know that your story matters and to believe, to believe in that and connect to that, that, that passion, but also just that, that knowing that your story matters because if you go through this process and then, you know, everybody 
is just willing to, you know, pee on it and in mm-hmm. a review and then, you know, you're crying and, and, and you put your, you put your work out there, but, but at the end of the day, it's really, it's knowing that your story mattered, even if no one read it, it still matters in the universe that it, that it's out in the world. Right. Um, and what books, fiction or nonfiction, have you read recently that made an impression on you and that you would recommend? Um, I've always been, it's interesting, I wrote, I wrote fiction, I've always been a nonfiction writer, a lot of uh, books on spirituality and mysticism and ancient cultures, women's history, that's always been my go-to. What's funny is I was actually reading um, uh, the Daisy book, what is it, the Daisy and the... Um, and the six Daisy Jones and the six, which yeah. is a, which is a fiction book, and it was just such a light read. And I thought and it was I thought she did her job well because I forgot it was fiction. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, who is this band? And I was I started I started uh, looking them up, and I thought, oh my god, this is fiction. <laughs> but oh my gosh, but um, so I, I, and she was brilliant. It was interesting. I could find nuggets of, of truth and inspiration in a fiction book. And so I, I just, I would recommend that. That was, that's the latest book I've read. And, um, uh, cause people are always looking for inspiration in nonfiction, but I, but there is inspiration in fiction stories too. And, you know, in myth and in, um, in, 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 a, in words that fiction, ca- fictional characters can say, it doesn't have to be something that, you know, an actual person said, you can still get, inspired by um, by a fictional character and hopefully so gotcha so where can people find you online if they're interested in learning about more about you and your your trilogy well i have a website it is stacy with an e s-t-a-c-e-y stacy l tucker.com and i do all my blog posting there and i have my books on there they and they are available for purchase on my website as well so you can find all uh, all good things there. Good. Well, again, we've been speaking with Stacy Tucker, author of the new novel Sky of Water, the third book in the Equal Night trilogy. Trilogy, Sky of Water, and the two previous books in the trilogy are available now. So go grab a copy. And Stacy, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks so much, Jeff. I really enjoyed it. Great. Thanks a lot. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen to audiobooks during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Reading and Writing Podcast Special Offer. Get two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership with code RWPODCAST. That's code RWPODCAST for two audiobooks for the price of one for your first month of membership at Libro.fm.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.